Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast, an instant reaction Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Carrera here with you. Going to be joined by Jason Aponte in a minute. We've got a little breaking news on a Saturday for you with the 49er. We finally know who is the defensive coordinator of this football team. It is going to be Nick Sorensen. But... As always, the 49ers can never do anything boring, right? They always make it interesting for us. So they didn't just promote Nick Sorensen to defensive coordinator. They also hired former Chargers head coach Brandon Staley to be the assistant head coach. And the word is that we are getting is that Staley is going to be heavily involved in the defense, heavily involved in the defensive game plan. And so it's sort of a two-headed monster from the 49ers here we had heard Jeff Ulbrich was a possibility Staley himself interviewed for the position now he is Nick Sorensen's boss I guess kind of I'm I'm really fascinated and interested in how that's going to work exactly excuse me um this is what I think the 49ers are going to do first I'll get into how I think the 49ers want this to work and then we can talk about how I think it's actually going to work and again Jason Aponte is going to join us he's literally arriving home from the combine as we speak so and he talked to people out there so I want to get his view of it uh David Lombardi had a pretty good tweet that I think kind of sums up the 49ers position surprise surprise 
Let me share that on the screen now. So Lombardi says, basically, they like Staley because he was good as a coordinator in 2020. He's a Vic Fangio guy. Kyle's always liked the Vic Fangio system. To quote Lombardi, Staley impressed Shanahan with his game plans against top opposing defenses, including the 49ers in 2022. Shanahan, however, didn't want to abandon San Francisco's 4-3 defensive identity, which is rooted in their linebacker play. So they promoted Sorensen to D.C. and added Staley to the staff. They'll presumably allow him to infuse his cloud or disguised coverage concepts into the secondary. Goal number one for the Niners, tie the front and the back end together better than last season when they slipped from first to 12th in EPA rankings. Now, let me just say for the record, I don't think the 49ers give a crap about what their EPA rankings are. I think they care about how many points they give up. And say what you want about Steve Wilkes, his team was third in the NFL in points allowed. Essentially. I think the 49ers are trying to split the baby. I think they want Brandon Staley to add to the scheme in some ways, but they also know bringing in an outsider is tough for the locker room. They want somebody that's grounded. I think they realize the mistake they made was thinking you could just have Steve Wilkes there. He could learn the scheme and run the scheme and that everything was going to be fine. You could just take the good from one, mix it with the good from the other, and there we go. What they're trying to do now, I think, is they're trying to say, yes, we want Staley to do all that, but Sorensen's going to be there to make sure we're not getting away from our core principles type of thing. We are not abandoning who we are. Basically, if he starts to do anything that gets them off the rails, Sorensen can be there to kind of steer the ship and put them back. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if this is true or not, but there are reports that Kyle Shanahan was heavily involved in the defensive game planning for the Super Bowl, along with Nick Sorensen. Maybe, and and I thought the 49ers defense played well in the Super Bowl, maybe that kind of showed Kyle like, hey, this can kind of work. You know, maybe Sorensen in this role, we can do this. And so we combine him with Staley and that's how it's going to go. I don't know what to think about this. This is interesting. Uh, let me read this comment from Roadhog228. Maybe Staley helps with game management also. Well, you know I've been talking about that, how anybody that can help Kyle Shanahan go for it more on fourth down, I support that. And Brandon Staley certainly did that when he was the head coach of the Chargers. I th- I don't know. Is this this much different than what they were doing last year, right? Sorensen was on the staff last year. If you wanted someone to kind of keep the ship on the rails while tweaking it a little bit, why couldn't he do that last year? Maybe he didn't feel like he had the authority because he wasn't the defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes was. That could be a thing. That's a real thing. There is a hierarchy. You know, I don't know. That could be what the 49ers thinking is. But if if Staley's the assistant head coach, wouldn't that put him above Sorensen sort of uh, on the hierarchy there in the hiring chart? I don't know. I go back to last year. Wilkes talked about his early quote-unquote struggles, or at least the dissatisfaction, I don't know. He talked about that three-game stretch. And what he said was, and this always stuck with me, he said, my problem wasn't that I changed the scheme or went away from the scheme. The problem was that I didn't change it enough. And when he said that, I was like, oh, okay, maybe he went in trying to do everything like D'Amico Ryans and other teams were ready for it because they had spent a whole offseason preparing for it. Maybe Wilkes then learned, okay, I've got to add my own stuff and tweak it a little bit because they're not prepared for that. 
And the defense, of course, had the bye week, came out after the bye week, and they were awesome. They played fantastic. So how much is Brandon Staley going to change things? That would be my question. And can he and Sorensen, since this is a, you know, dual-headed approach, can they marry the coverage together properly like the 49ers want? We don't know. Nobody knows. You know, I'm looking through the chat here. Let's read some messages to get how you're thinking. Nick Eller, YouTube channel member, says, I like this hire. Staley's mind is a huge asset. Get to groom Nick Sorensen and have a fallback if he struggles. But we have an outside mind and an internal play caller. Well, I think that's true. Um, but, you know, you could say you have a fall guy. But if you want Brandon Staley to, to coach the defense, just let him coach the defense. Like, you don't need to fire Nick Sorensen first. Um, I do think that Staley's mind is a good asset. Everybody... Say what you want about Brandon Staley, the head coach. Nobody disputes the guy knows defense. I mean, we saw it with the Rams in the one year there. They were mediocre before and after him. He knows defense. You know, being able to get in a room and game plan for somebody, that's a very specific skill. And by all accounts, Brandon Staley has that. The the other parts, the managerial parts about being a head coach and all the other stuff, he was not very good at with the Chargers, clearly. But I think the Niners are hoping to harness those that game plan skill with what they already do and combine them together. Why do you need two guys to do that though? That would be the question. And maybe it's about selling it to the locker room. I don't know, but like, what's it going to look like to the defense? And I can ask Jason Aponte this when he hops in, what's it going to look like to the defense when there's some sort of dispute or Sorensen gets up there and tries to say, Hey guys, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And everybody on the whole defense knows, like, dude, you didn't come up with this game plan. This is Brandon Staley's game plan. It seems like they might have to sell that to the locker room a little bit. I don't know. That's what I think, by the way. Shout out to Nick Ellert, though, YouTube channel member, and all our YouTube channel members. Please become one. Help support the channel. Help support me. It's less than $3 a month. You get priority comment response. You get custom emojis. And you get membership badges as well. So please, please do it. Patrick Lucero says, not a fan. There needs to be a united front on D, and this is more the same like last year. That's, yeah. Are they united? Is everybody pulling in the same direction? Now, here's something to think about. The team obviously knows Sorensen, right? They, he's been there. Uh, let me throw it up here on the screen, just in case you don't know about Nick Sorensen, which how many people do, let's be honest. He came to the 49ers a couple of years ago. As a defensive assistant, he was the defensing defensive passing game specialist slash Nickelbacks coach last year. Before he was in San Francisco, he was the special teams coordinator for the Jaguars. And before that, he spent almost a decade with Pete Carroll in Seattle. He doesn't have linebacker experience. That's something that was important to the 49ers. They wanted somebody because they they feel like their whole scheme is about the linebackers and tying the, the linebackers to coverage and the pass rush and everything. They think the key is the linebacker. So they wanted someone with linebacker experience. Sorensen doesn't have that. So they were willing to go away from that. Again, they're hoping that the combined forces of Sorensen and Staley sounds like a law firm, doesn't it? Sorensen and Staley. Um, they're hoping that that's enough. And maybe it will be. I I'm not here telling you this is not going to work. That is not my official position. I hope I've made that clear. What I'm saying is... This is not normal. It doesn't mean it won't work. It just means this is very, very strange. It does feel like if they, if it doesn't work, 
and they wanted to get rid of Staley altogether, they could do that and not really change fundamentally the core of their system. If they wanted to get rid of Sorensen and promote Staley, they could do that if they wanted to do it, right? But it also kind of feels like a stopgap. Like, they wanted Jeff Ulbrich from the Jets. That was the scuttlebutt at the combine to quote Matt Barrows that that was really the guy they wanted. Obviously he has linebacker experience. He played linebacker for the 49ers in the NFL. He has experience in the scheme, obviously working under Robert Sala. He's a fiery kind of a guy on the sidelines. Also, he seemed to check all the boxes for the 49ers, but the problem was they couldn't get him. He has a contract with the jets and the jets are under no inclination to let him go to the 49ers. There's no reason to do that. Robert Sala is trying to hang on to his job by a thread. The only good thing with the jets is their defense. So why would he want to let his coordinator go? So they couldn't get Jeff Ulbrich. And so now it feels like they came up with this plan B, which sometimes you have to do in the NFL. That's, that's not a knock on them, but really what their hope is that Robert Sala and or Jeff Ulbrich will get fired after the year. And then they can go hire them. I would like to know, I'd be interested to know what is the contract situation? Is this a one-year deal with Brandon Staley to be the uh, assistant head coach? What is the, what is that situation? It probably is. I don't know if they always release that information, but I bet it's a one year. I bet it's a short-term thing. Uh, Jared says, this is not going to work. (laughs) Jeremy, I like this point says we had two guys replace Adam Peters too. Maybe having two heads, they can focus on multiple issues. William Mack says, so we prioritize scheme over development because our corners grew leaps and bounds under Wilkes. I'm fine with these moves though. I think the 49ers think that it's that they can't shift the scheme and change the roster quick enough and still compete for a Super Bowl. So I think that's why they really want to stick with the scheme. It's not that like they love this scheme so much and it's so great. It's okay, if you want to change it, well, now we don't have the personnel to run it, so it's not going to work. And again, they're in this Super Bowl window. So I think that's why they wanted to stick with the scheme more than anything else. Um, I don't think it's necessarily just because they love it so much. Uh, Jared says... Stats this news didn't even make the Friday news dump. That's true. It broke Saturday morning on the East Coast. It broke like 7 30, 8 o'clock East Coast time. That is, you know, I'm sure that wasn't by accident. Uh, actually, this is a good question. Waltony 101 is Sorensen on the sideline with Staley in the booth. Then you get the best of both worlds. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to ask Jason Aponte when he joins us. Very good question, Waltony 101. The Twitch fam. Coming through again, Sorensen sideline. That's a very good question. And then do they switch them if it doesn't work out? Oh, brother. Um, JCG1987 says that's back-to-back on Staley, replacing a position that Anthony Lynn just vacated. That's true. Anthony Lynn was the assistant head coach uh, last year. That's funny. Um, Maybe we should, you know, go to a different staff besides the Chargers. Just say they haven't had the best luck. there was a, uh, I don't know if I call it a report, but there was a little drip of news that came out from Diana Rossini that the Niners actually flirted with Steve Spagnolo after the Super Bowl to see if he would come over, which, by the way, I love. That would have been awesome if they could pull it off. But, like, what was the 49ers offer to Steve Spagnolo? Hey, Steve, leave the best team in the NFL with the best quarterback in the NFL and the best offensive mind of his generation and come to the 49ers with a worse quarterback, with a coaching staff that's none of your own, and run our system. Not exactly an attractive pitch if you're the 49ers. But hey, you know what? They picked up the phone. 
There was also a report that they picked up the phone and called Bill Belichick. We're not surprising that he wouldn't want to do it, but I do like that they were willing to do it. Um, Brad Kapler says, could you see Sorensen and Staley being co-defensive coordinators? No, that's not. Sorensen is the defensive coordinator and Staley is the assistant head coach. Those are the official opinions that they are going with. Uh, Jesus M says, Kyle really doesn't know how to hire coaches. I disagree with that. I think he does. He hired Robert Sala, who was a good defensive coordinator. He hired D'Amico Ryans, who was incredible, even better than Sala as a defensive coordinator, especially. And now he looks like a good head coach. I mean, look what he did with Houston in, in a year where nobody thought they were going to compete. So I, I think I do give Kyle credit for hiring coaches. Mike McDaniel, he hired Mike McDaniel. He's fantastic. I, I do think that's a skill by Kyle Shanahan. I, I disagree with that, Jesus. I think he is good at hiring coaches, and it's something that you have to do a lot as a head coach. And I think the 49ers are lucky that Kyle is as good at it as he is. Think about how many head coaches they've had to replace. A lot. Not or not head coaches, excuse me, assistant coaches. They have had to replace assistant coaches on the defensive side of the ball, assistant coaches on the offensive side of the ball, and not just like, you know, a, oh, an offensive assistant, a defensive assistant. Like, key core members of Kyle Shanahan's sort of inner circle were there and then gone. And Kyle had to figure that out and they had to reshuffle it. And Chris Forster, the offensive line coach talked about how like, Hey, you know, at first it took us kind of a minute to figure out all our new responsibilities and have to reshuffle things a little bit. It's hard to do. And you had to do it during the season too. You had to figure out how much that actually has to work. Um, I'm just looking at Twitter here. Tim Kawakami says, Sorensen calling a familiar style of 49ers defense with Staley's brain power in the background is a pretty good way to do this once the Jets didn't make Ulbrich available. I really do think Ulbrich was the main choice. But, you know, look, you have to have backup plans. Uh, that's I, I don't want to, like, bash them because they couldn't get their main choice. Like, that happens all the time in the NFL. You have your plan, but you also have to have plan B, plan C. And this is the best one that they could come up with. I don't know how I feel. It seems like most people feel negative in the chat. If I, if I could get the vibe correctly. Uh, let's see. Nick Ellert says the best defensive coordinators are minds. All got fired as coaches. Fangio, Schwartz, Spags, Belichick. Don't write Staley's legacy yet. I mean, saying Bill Belichick got fired. I mean, yes, he got fired, but like he also won six Super Bowls as a head coach before that. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't lump Belichick in with those guys, but your point is a good one. There are people that are just better at doing the coordinator job. That's it's two different jobs. And I always talk about this story. Uh, Nick Ellard says he was fired from the Browns. Yeah. Okay. But then he became a head coach and was the greatest head coach of all time. Nick, it's two different jobs. One job you're in a dark room studying film all the time. The other job, you're trying to do that, but you're also managing when six different guys come into your office. Hey, I got this problem. I got that problem. Which hotel do you want to stay in on the road in the preseason? Like that's the stuff the head coach has to worry about. So you can't judge somebody's ability as a coordinator based on how they do as a head coach. Uh, looks like Jason Aponte is here. Jason, fresh off the combine. I get you got your dunk in there. I see it. How you doing, man? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Um, yeah, just just literally got off the plane just now uh, and got in. Sorry that it took me so long to hop on, but uh, looking over here as well too. So uh, it was a, a little bit tougher to get back. 
Well, I appreciate you hopping in literally fresh out of the car as you arrive home after a long trip at the Combine. The news, I'm sure you've seen it. I saw you tweeting about it. Nick Sorensen, defensive coordinator. Brandon Staley, assistant head coach. Um, You were at the Combine. You talked to people. What's your kind of general reaction when you hear this news officially now? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, not a shock at all. Um, it felt like the Sorensen thing was kind of a done deal um, from everybody that I spoke to. And, and it sounded like uh, it was it was something that people exhausted all of their interview options, but it was going to be Sorensen no matter what. And mm. I just I think the, the part that I find um, funny about this is just the initial reaction to it is, well, why this guy and who's that guy? And it's like literally the same sort of reaction to when Robert Sala came over as the linebacker coach um, from the Jaguars. Oh, well, why D'Amico Ryans, even though he has linebacker experience in the NFL? Sorensen played 10 years as a safety. Um, I think, you know, while everybody thought that Steve Wilkes was going to be a, a boost for the secondary, I kind of looked at this as like a boost for the secondary, especially when you're thinking about a safety and you're thinking about Hufanga and, and Tig Brown. Um, next year as well too so it, it doesn't seem like it's much of a surprise it's it sounded like it was almost a done deal with all the people that i spoke to there in indy i am not shocked at all when i when i saw the news interesting uh so maybe Sorensen was always going to be part of the plan that would have been even tougher to get jeff Ulbrich out of his contract with the jets than if, if Sorensen was always going to be in the mix do you feel like the Niners are trying to split the baby a little bit that they want to keep their identity? So they're going with Sorensen. That's the guy the players know, but also they want to kind of evolve the defense. So they're bringing in Brandon Staley because he can come up with some good game plans. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, Anthony Lynn was the assistant head coach for three years and that's, he's from the same charger system. So I think a lot of people are overthinking the Staley thing a little bit, but I do think that if we're talking about fringe benefits of having Staley is the fact that, Regardless of whatever you think he is as the Chargers head coach, which obviously it did not go well, him being able to focus in on defensive game plans is probably the best thing for him. So it's I don't like pointing to the 2020 season. That COVID year was very weird, but the Rams did have a great defense under Staley. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that Staley is creative, and I do think that they're trying to evolve in a little bit. But I do want to say this. I do feel like this move feels like the 49ers keeping themselves open for business 
for next year mm-hmm. a little bit just in case and that's that's my tinfoil hat theory I said the same thing before you hopped in. They know things with the Jets might not go well. Jeff Obert could be a free agent looking for a job next year. Who knows? You know, the first thing I thought of was, and you'll appreciate this as a Seinfeld fan, Mm -hmm. you know, they hired two guys or they promoted two guys to replace Adam Peters. Now they've basically have two guys to replace Steve Wilkes at defensive corner. It made me think of this from Seinfeld. Maybe the two of us working together at full capacity could do the job of one normal man. But each of us would only have to be like a half man. Half a man. That sounds about that sounds right. about right. Right? Like, kind of does feel like that a little bit. Working together, we could be one defensive coordinator. You know what's the best part about that scene is George goes, what if the two of us teamed up together? And Jerry's like, not. Nah. He's like, no. He's like, no, not, not, not like that scene is so good. But mm-hmm. look, I do think I do think there is a little bit to the idea of having someone who is integrated into the scheme and then you have someone who's going to evolve it a little bit more. But my point about being open for business was I had a conversation with somebody who's high up in the 49ers organization in the front office. And what I was asking about was. You know, I look around this place and I see all of the 49ers graduates, right? The, the you know, the, the coaches, the, the other guys. And I asked, what was the glue to keeping that all together? And he said, flat out, it's John Lynch. And he goes, the thing about this tree is guys leave, but they can always come back. And now that we've kind of seen how this is playing out, that has way more of an impact now than I ever thought it would have. Because I thought it was just more about, you know, we're, we're all friends. We're the fraternity. But that kind of feels a little bit like, hey, this year we're going to try this. We're going to try to make this work. But there is a chance that Robert Sala does come available. There is a chance that that Ulbrich does become available next season. I wouldn't doubt that the 49ers wouldn't, wouldn't be all over trying to get those guys back unless, you know, Sorensen turns into a, a DC that nobody saw coming. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. When you when you say that, that makes me think maybe they're like, hey, Robert Sala, just so you know, the door is always open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it felt like what he was saying was, you know, they we, they'll always find their way back, and I think that's what when you listen to the Playmakers podcast and you listen to like that fraternity and not the head coaching guys, like it's obviously not like like Matt Lafleur is not going to come over and be an offensive coordinator or Sean McVay. It's not like that. It's like those guys that like when you kind of build in the same building, even though Salah came from the Jaguars. When you build in the same building for so long, it feels like there's a chance that, you know, the door is always open for them to come back. So, again, the season's going to is going to largely depend on, you know, how he does. And then we'll see what happens. But it, and he also has to become available. The Jets have a very good chance if Aaron Rodgers plays well this year to like be a playoff team and actually win some games. So a, a lot of dominoes have to fall first. Very, very true. Do you think that Sorensen will be on the sideline and Staley will be up in the booth? Probably. Um, I mean, I mean, Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn was on the sideline and everything as well, too. But I think there's just that Staley thing. Like, I see the outrage and I just see people. Oh, my God. It's just like you didn't even bat an eye that Anthony Lynn was the he- the assistant head coach. Like, you didn't bat one eyelid at it. You didn't care. You, it, it didn't matter. Honestly, if someone can be there, that can delegate just a little bit more responsibility from you know, Kyle Shanahan in any way and possibly help game plan and scheme, maybe take that off his plate. As we saw that Kyle Shanahan was being more and more involved as, as a defensive guy uh, so that down the season with, with Wilkes, then it's a win. I mean, I think again, you're, you're, you're conflating 
Brandon Staley, the head coach, with Brandon Staley, the defensive mind. And I think because you've seen the Chargers defensive group end up like last and here and there, you're forgetting Joey Bosa got hurt. JC Jackson was a disaster. Khalil Max at the <laughs> end of his time. Like, it's just, there's a lot of things that go into it. And was Brandon Staley a good coach? Uh, obviously not. But I think you're just forgetting that he, he's still a defensive mind. And I think that's the part that people are just losing sight of right now. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We we sort of criticize Kyle from all angles, right? He's too controlling, but he also listens to the players too much and lets them run the show. He he is too controlling. He has too much on his plate, but then they hire an assistant head coach and people are mad about that. Like it's sometimes he can't win for losing, I feel like. I again I've said I don't know like if this is gonna work. What I've said is it seems unorthodox. This is not something I feel like you usually see. And I do worry like who gets the final call if there's some sort of disagreement? Because, like, technically, Staley's above Sorensen, right, as assistant head mm-hmm. coach. So that seems like they're going to have to work out that relationship. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily worry that much about that because I think the at the end of the day, the guy who has the, the real, um, the real um say is going to be Kyle. Obviously, he calls timeout when he sees a cover zero look. You know, <laughs> so if like Kyle doesn't see something like that he likes, I think that that's guy that's going to overrule it. But I think. I think Staley's in a position right now after being humbled, after being a head coach, that you kind of just have to roll with it, right? Like, and you kind of just have to, at this point, it's it's twofold. I think, all right, there's two ways to look at it. He could, you know, assert his dominance and try to get himself back into a position where someone would, like, at least entertain bringing him in. But also, there's kind of a humbling point where you have to kind of get in where you fit in and you have to you have to kind of do, you know, what you can to, to make things move. So, again... It it's not the Staley thing. That part is the the part that's the most non consequential in my in my opinion because you had Anthony Lynn for that long as the assistant head coach and you know outside of the people that are like hardcore for this this fan base. I mean I mean both made, pretty much everybody is. They didn't even know he was there. Uh, I don't see why now all of a sudden Brandon Staley is going to be there now and then all of a sudden it's like I don't know. So the Forty ers are going to have to hire someone to replace Sorensen. So there's still one more hire possibly that could be made on the staff. Um, Diana Rossini kind of surprised everybody with her report that the Niners went after Spags after the Super Bowl. I love the thought. It's great. Uh, did you hear anything about that when you were in India at the combine? I didn't actually. I mean, that, that was, I got that same sort of news as the way you did. That wasn't something mm-hmm. that was really discussed. Um, you know, of all the things that I heard, I, there was nothing about that at all. I mean, I, I did talk to um, a few Kansas City people. I mean, and by the way, Kansas City, the Chiefs didn't keep any of their people in town at all. They all just said, all right, we're watching this on TV and we're going home. Like the luxury of winning how many Super Bowls. Um, but it's, it's, it's a little bit like I understand why they would do it. Um, but the, the Kansas City people that I talked to, they were kind of surprised that the 49ers wouldn't be in on Merritt. And I talked to a Giants guy who Merritt followed him around, Spagnola, when he was with the Giants. And he felt that Merritt has always deserved a job. But when he was here with the Giants and they won those Super Bowls, he was raising a family here in in jersey and he didn't want to move he didn't want a job anything like that so when you look around like oh well why hasn't anybody hired sometimes guys just don't want jobs like they're fine right but then he moved his family to kansas city with spagnola and it feels like this is his moment now to try and find a job because his kids are grown these were all the things that i kind of heard about that a lot of people were really surprised that the 49ers didn't put on like more of a full court press with merit and and the giants people that i spoke to 
um, believe that he's going to be eventually, you know, a defensive coordinator and jump into a head coaching role. And I, I think that that was something that I, I walked away with, uh, you know, being impressed by. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. When you look at his resume, he stayed with the Giants for 11 years. He was with them yep. from 06 to 2017. Um, look, they want I I think they feel like if we change the scheme, we won't have the right players. And so we're going to have to like, that's going to take too much time. And they still want to try and make another run at this Super Bowl. I think that is why they're so devoted to the scheme. I don't think it's like, in particular, because they think it's like the most brilliant thing of all time. I just think it's like, mm -hmm. hey, this is sort of the car that we're in right now. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, is if you look at all the candidates and then you start to hear about the prospects that the 49ers have been, you know, meeting with formally, informally, they're all secondary guys. They're all secondary guys. And then you hear, hey, they interviewed with Kool-Aid. They interviewed with this guy. They interviewed mm -hmm. this. You know, like, I wonder if there is going to be a shift. And this is why Staley's here, because Staley, Staley, when he was with the Rams, he he runs a lot of too high. Everything keep everything in front of you. Right. And they gave up the least amount of points, the least amount of yards in the league. Everything is in front of you. It's very it's very much like too high shell. Don't give up anything over your head. And then the 49ers go out there and they have all these secondary guys as their defensive coordinators list. And then they're really going into cornerbacks. Dare I say, I know the 49ers are going to draft the defensive lineman. Dare I say, are the 49ers about to start going secondary in? And that's something that I would like to see. And I don't think, I think that it's it's indicative of Staley being there because he's the person that can implement that. I would love that. I said that literally this week. I said they need to stop focusing on defensive line because the NFL doesn't call holding penalties in the biggest games, man. And if you could hold, you could neutralize a lot of really good defensive lines and maybe the, the better thing to do is to invest in the secondary. So I love hearing you say that. That makes me smile. Um, AJ lamb 88 says, will there be a press conference today? As far as I know, no, um, I don't think the Niners are actually scheduled to speak until the league meetings. That would be at the end of the month, but there is the new league year coming up before that. So maybe they have a press conference there, or if they make a free agent signing, I would love to, to ask them a bunch of questions. How did you come to this decision? Like, what did you know me? I love to ask questions. What yeah. is like, what role, how much will Staley be involved in the game planning? If not that much, what is he actually going to do? Like, what, what would you say you do here, Brandon Staley? Like, <laughs> there are so many questions I want to talk to Lynch and Shanahan about. Yeah. And, and, um, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if it was just a conference call at this point, Rob, mm -hmm. you know, if it was just a, it was just a quick conference call. Cause Sorensen's already been in the building. Um, I don't know if they make it some grand, you know, you know, presenting or, you know, anything like that, but it, it look again, from everything that was being said at the combine, this, this does not shock me at all. The only thing that shocked me was me getting off my plane, getting to get into my next plane and seeing it drop at 7 a.m. And I was just like, ah, oh, come on, man. Like, I, I literally got to start talking about this now. But <laughs> it, 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 it it feels like, again, Sorensen, 10-year guy, um, Seattle defense, Seattle special teams, you know, that type of thing. It just feels like right now, like, they're going to focus on secondary. I, I really believe that. And, and that, that's kind of what we thought was going to happen with Steve Wilkes. But if you look at all the candidates, right, defensive back coach, Defensive back, uh, defensive pass game coordinator. Like it's all, I believe, going to be starting with the corners now. And, you know, obviously, you know, it depends on, you know, what you believe of, you know, Kool-Aid's injured. 
Um, so that might yep. cause him to slide a little. Um, I think that's something that's been on the board, and I think a lot of people are are nervous about right now. So that could be there. But um, but you know, it, it just feels like there's there may be a shift coming now with the secondary. And I see uh Nick's asking about offensive linemen. Um it, it today was uh, today's all the offensive linemen um stuff. So if you, you gotta follow Brad, you gotta follow uh, you know, Chase Sr., those guys, they're there. Um, I got out pretty early, but there's a lot of meetings. I believe they already met with Aurelius Mims. Um, that's really good. I mean, he's somebody. He's somebody who is. I mean, yeah, he's only had played seven games at Georgia, but my goodness, he looks like he has all the makings of a freak. Yeah, he has all the makings <laughs> of a freak. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you follow those guys, I'm sure that they can give you. I just got off the plane. I couldn't really tell you, you know. But like today's the offensive line thing, which is hilarious, Rob, because the whole week when we're talking about. You know, oh, they met with this guy. They met with this guy. Everybody's just yelling about offensive line. I'm like, offensive line's not till Saturday. I cannot tell you who they've met with until the offensive <laughs> linemen show up. Like, what do you want me to do? So, yeah. Uh, and Vic Knight says the Niners should have hired Art Vandelay. I'm pretty sure he's uh, most of his background's in latex, but uh, we can talk about I mean, that later. I mean, he could be an architect. Yeah, that's true. He always wanted to be, from what I heard. Um, so you were in Indy all week long. You've been hobnobbing with movers and shakers. You've been going out to eat at night. Tell us just some of the things that you learned that maybe surprised you, or just you know what what have you been doing all week, Jason? Well, I mean, obviously the, the my favorite part of the combine is the coaches and GMs portion. You know, so we got a chance to see Big Dom assault John Lynch, um, <laughs> <laughs> which honestly. That's one of the funniest things. So Big Dom comes out and he's with the Sirianni and Roseman. Um, Roseman starts his press conference and uh, Big Dom is standing on our side and the beat are talking, the 49ers beat are talking to Big Dom and Roseman stops his press conference and goes, Dom, what are you, uh, John Lynch's uh, security now? And <laughs> Dom goes, big 49ers fan, big 49ers fan, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then obviously they come out and they embrace and John Lynch talks about that. But, uh, you know, that was kind of a funny thing, but I I'll tell you this. Anywhere that we went that Nick Sirianni was, Big Dom was there. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And and I don't know what's I don't know what the deal is with all that stuff or whatever. I know this is an Eagles podcast, but um, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. So some of the things that I heard is uh, Pittsburgh is probably uh probably trying to trade for Lejarius Sneed. Um, mm, and it sounds like it sounds like they'd offer George Pickens in any deal. Oh. Uh, which yes, I, I I don't know how to feel about because <laughs> yes, because yes, the Kansas City Chiefs will lose a premier cornerback. But no, please do not give Patrick Mahomes another another weapon. Um, and it sounds like the Justin Fields thing to Atlanta is just about done. Um, that that's pretty much done. Sounds like Russell Wilson to Pittsburgh is gaining a lot more steam than people are giving um credit to. Um, it sounds like hmm. the Steelers will be. I mean, no matter what they say about Kenny Pickett, I just shut he up, sucks. man. <laughs> did, did you know this? Jared Bailey gave me this stat. Did you know this? Tommy DeVito has more multi-touchdown passing games than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Man, Tommy Cutlets. Good <laughs> Lord. He's played like five games, and he's already got more multi-passing touchdown games. Um, 
that's getting a little bit of more steam. Um, it sounds like Kirk's going to go back to Minnesota. I think that's probably your best bet right there as well, too. But they are firmly in in the whole, like, either moving up or if Michael Penix is there, who his his stock is rising after his interviews. Um, if Michael Penix is there uh, at 32, 33, wherever it is that they're going to be drafting, I think, in that second round, I think 100% um, you see that happen, and they'll have Kirk for, like, one or two more years, and they'll just let Penix sit. Sounds like a lot of the stuff that's going on. J.J. McCarthy is is his – his stock is rising because he's a high character guy, mm-hmm. but the buzz around the combine was we just haven't seen him throw. Like we just haven't seen him throw in games. And, and now it's, it's kind of like you're projecting for real. Like obviously you're projecting all of these guys, but now you're projecting. And then it's like, he doesn't throw in college games. It's like, uh, is that a bad thing? And, and that's just the buzz around him as well too. Um, it, the regular stuff, like Caleb's still going to go number one. It, you know, the bears are just, they, they basically, that's why Caleb doesn't have to do, why would I why would I go and do medical for 31 other teams when I know I'm the number one pick? You know, I like, love just, it. It's it's so funny to me. It's like I don't have to test. I already know. I I'm I, I'm good, you know? Like that's the thing. It's like Caleb doesn't have to test because the Bears have already let him know. Um but yeah, the Falcons thing is real. I think Justin Fields is going to get over there and get a shot. Um and then, you know, the the other things that are just like around about, you know, certain guys Grant Barton, it sounds like everybody is thinking about moving him into guard um, from offensive tackle. That sounds like a lot of the buzz that I was getting out there as well, too. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the Kool-Aid McKinstry thing is is very interesting because there's a lot of talk about his character. But I think everybody knows his talent. And then the foot is coming into play now. He's not going to be at the combine now. He's going to be at the pro day. He'll be 100 percent training camp. going to be very interesting to see if someone takes a shot, if he slides. And if we're talking about the 49ers in the secondary and their, their little flip... I know we want offensive line very badly, but it depends who's there. Kool-Aid McKinstry, you know, being opposite Mooney Ward. And and if he's the player that a lot of people think he is, my goodness, man. Uh, I think your secondary is about to help out your defensive line a ton. Yeah, I think the two spots that they want, I want to see them go in the first round is either offensive line or secondary. One of the two. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with either one. Um, but And I would, I mean, if if he falls, okay. But I wouldn't wouldn't hate to see the Niners move up. Like, go grab somebody. Don't just get, like, somebody that fall. Like, go get the guy you want. And generally, the Niners do do that when they see someone that they want. That's what John said. When I asked him, you know, when I asked him the question about best player available and um, and I asked him about, you know, drafting for need, he said, we just draft good players. And he was like, we don't care. Like, if we if we feel we identify, that's it. They have a system. And, and the funny part is, is he reverted right after talking about Jaya Brown. And talking about, yeah, we were blown away by his tape, but his interview was like really what blew us away. And and I think again, the 49ers have this system. Um, this these last two drafts, it hasn't necessarily worked, which is why they're in the spot that they're in right now with these 11 picks, and they kind of have to make things work now. Obviously, not having a first round pick doesn't help. Right. But they do have a system and they and they, they don't care about outside perception of draft value. They really just don't. Like they're just gonna go get their guys and they're gonna ride or die with them. And there is a little bit of admiration I have for them, but you know, still sometimes the, the the better players right there in front of you, and it's just like, come on, man, like let's let's take some risks here. Oh, Solomon Thomas, oh god! <laughs> I think he went to that class with John Lynch. Yeah, right. I think it's hilarious that Adam Schefter told the story about the Niners not scouting Patrick Mahomes, like with Barstool, and people are acting like that's new news. Like we've literally oh known that for years. <laughs> like, oh my goodness! What? So I walk in. I walk into the media workroom, and you know, obviously, there's the different teams representing. You know, and 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 not everybody sits in a you know a signed seat or anything like that. 
And people are coming up to me and they're like, did you hear the Schefter story? And I hear him start to talk about the draft. And I'm like, is he about to tell the story about how they waited for Kirk and then CJ Beathard got drafted and the, the pick turned in? And it literally, and I was like, what are all of you shocked about? I was like, this is like public <laughs> knowledge. I was like, yes. I was like, everyone's acting like Adam Schefter just dropped a bomb. Put me on the Barstool uh, podcast and I would have dropped that bomb. Like, I was like, Jesus, guys, let's do some research, do the knowledge, do the history. That's that's public knowledge. And want to know why it's public knowledge? Because Shannon and Lynch told us in press conferences. This isn't like Adam Schefter doing some digging and uncovering a scoop here. Just watch the day. Oh, my God. That was insane. They never. As soon as I saw him, they never scouted Powsley. He's about to talk about the fact that they waited for Kirk Cousins. And then they and then they pivoted and they got they traded for Jimmy. I, was, I, I, I laid out the story before he started saying it. I'm just like, what about this is like breaking news? Like, seriously. <laughs> I, I'm like, dude, we're at the combine. You can make up whatever you want. This is what you came up with. Come on. And also, you had two weeks before the Super Bowl. If you were going to drop this quote-unquote bomb, wouldn't you have done it then? Hey, Kyle might get beat twice by the guy that he didn't even scout because he wanted Kirk. Cut. Like, very, very weird. No, you know what's funny is the Barstool guys, they were like, uh, and they ended up with Brock Purdy, who's clearly better than Patrick Mahomes. I was just like, oh, jeez, man. I was like, you just did not have to say that at all. <laughs> you know they were going to twist the knife. Ryan Alloy says, Nick scapegoatson. A lot of people are not happy they think that. Um, before we go, Jay, let me just ask you this question. Now that the defensive coordinator situation is settled, what is the biggest question facing the 49ers this offseason? Man, I think right now it's – I hate to sound melodramatic, okay? But uh, let me get my hot take off. All right. You got to win now. If not this year, then when? Brock's eventually going to get paid. I said the same thing about this past season. But now this offseason becomes hypercritical, not only for your draft, but your free agency. Now, this is the part about the draft that's the funniest part, is everyone's like, we need this, we need this, we need this. Right now, on March 2nd, you need this. Mm -hmm. When free agency begins and you add another lineman, you know, if you're able to, to pry away on when you from the Patriots – now you don't necessarily need to go offensive line, right? But this offseason is hypercritical because the clock's ticking. Your back's against the wall with the salary cap. You have a quarterback that does not does not count against your cap. And eventually, if he puts up another season like he did this past season, will be paid handsomely. And now you are in a spot where everyone else is where – you have to pay the quarterback. Hyper critical off uh, off season, and you if you if you don't win now, I I fear <laughs> that things are gonna get hairy for winning later on. That's it. Mike Silver had a column that they were already talking internally about big letting go of some veterans that were really important to this team, and and maybe that's the conversations that have to be had. But if they don't, it really does feel like this is the last run for this core yeah. team. That it, yeah. they even if they manage to keep it together this offseason, 2024 is it because it's going to be yeah. easier to move off of Kittle. It's going to be easier to move off of Debo. It's going to be easier to move off of some of these guys. And so this literally could be I don't want to call it the last dance because they haven't won anything. So I can't call it the last dance. But this is going to be the last chance for this core. Right. And and the thing is, is. They may restructure Debo. Right. Which makes that even harder. And that, that'll open up another fifteen million dollars. Oh, by the way, breaking news, um, Debo Samuel is changing his number from nineteen to one. 
Ugh, um, hate I, it. I hope you I hope you guys didn't like buy you know those nineteen jerseys. Uh, he's absolutely changing it to one. Um, but if you do that and you and you kick the can down the road with Debo, now you can't get off of him either. And and you know you know everybody. I, I have a hard time understanding dead money and what all that stuff means, all that stuff. But it certainly feels like you cannot remain this top heavy when you're going to have to eventually pay the quarterback. And that's the that's the problem. <sighs> well, it's never boring, as I said when we started. The 49ers <laughs> never make it boring. And they continued. Nick Sorensen, now defensive coordinator. Brandon Staley, assistant coach. We'll see how it all works out. Jay, I really can't thank you enough. Literally, you just got home and you hopped on a live stream with us. Thank you so much for doing that and sharing everything you learned at the Combine. I really appreciate it. No problem, Rob. Hey, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's my favorite. This is my favorite time of the year. Honestly, this is my favorite event. Um, so, yeah, no problem, man. I, uh, you know, I, I was rejuvenated when I found out the news. I was like, all right, so we got something to talk about now, you know, other than, like, you know, who the 49ers have been visiting with. And so. There you go. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk soon. <laughs>